0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Creating Wealth and Wellness podcast. I am Tara Missildine, one of your hosts, and with me today is Amanda Kingsley, my beautiful co-host. Um, we are talking about freedom being cultivated through personal development, women connecting to fuel their futures, and creating wealth as a byproduct of being well. Those are the tenets that we build every podcast episode on. Um, so what we are going to talk about today is something near and dear to my heart, and that is including your family and children in your business. Um, so that that's going to mean lots of different things to different people. We're about to get into it right after we share our gratitudes for this episode. Amanda, hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. What are you grateful for today, Amanda?
1: Hmm. Uh, I'm grateful for simplification. Like Bringing things down and which often for me is feng shui (laughs) and mindfulness about the stuff in my life that affects my brain, right? So Mm. like my physical, how my physical space affects my brain and the places in which I recognize and simplify and feel better.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yes, I I second that. We could do an episode on that. Actually, we could. We should make a note. (laughs) Someone should make a note. Uh, Okay, so I am grateful today for chalk paint because I'm redoing, I, I love to redo furniture um, and make it more my own. And many times I end up gifting it away. Um, but I love chalk paint. I just recently redid this buffet that was all like scratched up and it was, it was part of a huge set that was left in my house when we bought it last year. Um, but I, I painted it. I think they call it Imperial Red or something like that. Um, and I'm going to put a dark wax on it and it just looks so rich and it's totally in line with the idea that I have for the dining room. So I actually got that done this weekend and I was thinking like chalk paint is so flipping great. You don't have to sand anything. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to prime anything. It's so perfect for my personality. So there you go. Chalk paint.
1: <laughs> I have a question. Is there yeah. a brand of chalk paint you like better than another one? Cause I bet there's totally different qualities. There
0: are totally different qualities. And you know, I, Annie Sloan chalk paint is like the name brand. It's like the Cadillac of chalk paints. Mm-hmm. And it's quite honestly not impressing me. I went and splurged on it and it's yeah. the least favorite that I've ever used. So,
1: Interesting. so what yeah. were some of the others that you liked?
0: Well, my favorite so far, it was actually a Valspar one that you could get at Lowe's. I don't know if they even do it anymore, but it was called an Ultramat, oh. like chalk finish paint, but it was a latex paint and it worked fabulously. It was amazing. But the Annie Sloan one, I did actually paint a leather sectional couch. What? Yeah. And it was amazing. (laughs) Like you paint the leather and then wax it. And this couch looked like a million bucks. Do you remember in the, in my other space, that big blue sectional with the upholstered cushions? That was chalk painted. It was like a horrible ivory stained, genuine leather sectional. And I painted that with that blue. Yeah. Yeah. First of so all, it's kind I'm of so
1: impressed that you have make time in your life for projects like this because they're super rewarding.
0: They are. Second
1: of all, my mind is blown that you could paint a piece of furniture.
0: I know. You can paint mean, like, fabric, leather, wood, fabric. like wood, plastic, anything. Ch- chalk paint goes on anything. I wouldn't recommend it for everything. I've learned my lesson a couple of times, but anyways, I I don't know. Well, you listeners let us know, do we need to do an episode about chalk (laughs) paint? We did
1: want to talk about crafting and creativity. I think you need a crafting and creating retreat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To piggyback on last week's episode. (laughs) Maybe I would, I actually did do a class about caning chairs once. And that was very, that was very fun. Um, Okay. So let's get into it. Today, we're talking about how, like, because we are such ambitious mothers, most of us here on this show, and definitely you and I, it becomes a question of, like, to integrate or not to integrate, and how our families, partners, children, etc., into our business plans and into our executions. Um, Yeah, so let's talk about that.
1: Let's do it. I think my perspective is probably going to be my, at least, my marriage piece of this conversation is is probably really different than a lot of people, <laughs> but it works so beautifully for me. <laughs> um, my husband is not very involved in my business outside of the big decisions, right? So, I've invested in two network marketing companies over the years. I have paid for some fairly decent sized coaching. Um, so those decisions, he's always involved with from like a business perspective. Like I'm not gonna go drop like hundreds of dollars a month or thousands a year without his at least input. Mm-hmm. Um, but day-to-day business, I feel like he has a nine to five, he, like he works for somebody else. And he does his thing, and I'm an entrepreneur, and I do my thing, and we don't really have a whole lot of um, collaboration when it comes to my business and my work. However, he's <laughs> super supportive, super duper supportive, and trusts me to make decisions which I'm immensely grateful for um I have a lot of leeway and there's times where I'm like I wish he would have more say but then if he had more say there'd probably be times where I was like I wish he would just butt out (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know what is your how like I know you run a business with David so that's really Mm -hmm. different but then in terms of your coaching work how much is he a part of that
0: yeah so uh he's in, in terms of my coaching identity, like the, the all in life brand, he is not very involved whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I actually don't even bounce my ideas for that company off of him. He's not my listener. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's not my witness. He is too realistic. He's always, you know, going to be the one that is going to ask me the questions of the things I quote unquote, haven't thought about yet. Um, and I'm just not there with him. However, on the other side of the spectrum, we have like co-owned a traditional company for uh, going on 13 years. Um, so it, and we are very complementary in that business. So it's not necessarily um, it's equity, not parity. Because we we serve very different purposes in that company. Um, what I would say is I'm definitely the extrovert, very like venture thinking. Um, I've got the entrepreneurial mind. My husband is very much the like implementer, you know, the solid workhorse, the grounded thinker, the realistic person who always makes sure that we make good decisions. He's very strategic. Um, so the great thing about that is that we sort of come together and each have different strengths and we try to make sure that we stay out of the other person's area of strengths as much as we can Um, and we sort of meet in the middle and where we meet in the middle for that company is really like the vision because you know we created it to serve a purpose it was meant to lead us to what we wanted our lives to be it wasn't like the end all be all Um, yeah so it's very very different and You know, he has his own ambitions on the side that I'm also supportive of, but not really a collaborator of. Hmm. Like, he's a writer, so when he finishes a manuscript, if possible, I read it and do some editing and helping with it, but I, you know, I'm not really involved in the day-to-day of those projects of his. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely, like, have our space and then meet in the middle on these collaborations in ways that make sense. Um, And when we've tried to do it the other way, it's, it's often like backfires. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't expect him to be me. When a new, when someone new in business maybe wants to invest in a coach or they want to invest in a program Mm -hmm. and they ask permission of their partner, even though it's their business, like it's their (laughs) thing, (laughs) but they're asking permission of their partner to invest money in that business. Um, I did mention that when I made the bigger investments, I, I bounced it off of him, mm-hmm. but ultimately we have to be sort of responsible for our own thing. Like, yeah, why are we asking permission of our partner to do something that will improve
0: upon our business? Right. I guess um, if we wanted to be like kind of semantic about the words, um, I I don't know that I've ever asked permission of David for something that I wanted, Um, but I do, I value his way of thinking and I also am totally secure in the knowledge that he wants what's best for me, even if what's best for me isn't necessarily best for us. There have been times, and I'm sure that this is true for Stu too, um, but there's, you know, there have been times where like something I really wanted and needed, it was just going to feed my soul. It was going to sustain me as the producer of whatever Dave, even if it wasn't necessarily the best choice for the business per se, (laughs) or for our home finances or something like that. Um, there have definitely still been times where he was like, if you really need this then do it and we'll figure it out. Um, so it's more like I'm, I want, I want to show him the respect and the acknowledgement that I know that even though these are my projects and ventures, I know that we are still a partnership. Totally. Our partnership exists outside of business. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's just a a respectful relationship with someone where you're keeping them informed um, of the, the house and the wives. Yeah.
0: And I guess there's a little bit of a difference because um, in, in our household, David doesn't actually have work that's outside of businesses that we run together. Um, You know, so he doesn't, he doesn't go to a nine to five. He doesn't, he doesn't report to work anywhere except for a business that we co-own. So it's sort of like we are each other's employers and employees simultaneously, which can get kind of intense and has in the past, but it works really, really well for us. And it's been quite a gift that neither of us really, you know, has to report to work elsewhere or have other demands besides ones that we impose on ourselves. Um, yeah, I guess that, that, that's a little bit of a different dynamic, I guess, than, you know, having somebody that's totally separate, um, because there's really nothing that I do that's totally separate from Dave. Like, our, our lives are completely integrated.
1: Interesting. So.
0: Yeah, and I, I've i heard, I've had so many people tell me like, oh my gosh, shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> no way, I'm out. <laughs> uh, and that, that hasn't been the case for us. It's been really great.
1: <laughs> That's a beautiful relationship. <laughs> mm,
0: yes, indeed. And also sort of a pressure cooker because, you know, you get to, no. your strengths and weaknesses and challenges all show up very strongly when you're reporting to your spouse. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Or analyzing your spouse the way that you would an employer or an employee, um, yeah. So there's there's lots of sort of overlapping overlap. It's a Venn diagram what, that looks like more like the flower of life. I wonder what
1: percentage of small businesses are successfully run by a marriage or a, mm. a, a partnership. That's
0: yeah. I don't. Intimate. I don't know. It feels so natural to me, but I know quite a lot of people who have tried it and. Struggled in ways.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious, outside of business and like that kind of way, like that kind of participation, how do you include David and Aria and perhaps even your extended family a little bit in the um in the mind piece of your business? So for instance, like all in life, the all in life project, how much do you run that with them? How much do you talk about your entrepreneurial concepts with your family?
0: Uh, I would say parts of my family, I definitely share more with. Um, And I know that there's, there's like certain elements of what I do that are perfect to share with David. And then there's other elements that are not smart to share with (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, David is like, David is the one that I take something to when it is like ready for proof. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I'm to the point where like I'm starting to like circle back on things, that's when I take it to David because he's the one who's like, he's, he literally sheds a light on all the places that I've been like not looking at. Yeah. And that's, but that's great.
1: For business. <clears throat> I'm curious about like how you include him in, like carrying out his own all in life project or when something comes hmm. up in his life, do you recommend things that you would recommend to a client in a similar way? Oh sure.
0: David is, is secretly I... my coaching client. Yeah, a- absolutely. That's, that's what I was curious about. <laughs> absolutely. And I am secretly Aria's coaching client yeah. <laughs> because I, I learned so much from that child, man. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I I test different like ways of thinking because David does think so much differently than me. Yeah. And like, I know if I share a message with him, I can gauge his reaction because he's, he is such a different listener than I am. Um, awesome. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll sort of test theories or like, Hey, I feel like this would make a really big difference in somebody's relationship. And I will like, he's totally an unknowing Guinea pig. <laughs> a lot of what I do um yeah so from the mind piece I mean I I'm also like we're all about self-coaching right like we are our own coaching clients too so I see if there's something that I like could be up leveling I'm the only one that I can change so let's try it and see if it has an impact and right yeah, yeah. It,
1: no, it always does curious, like when Aria graduates from high school or when she has her own children or she starts her own business, um, and my kids too, um, will they look back and like, how many of the lessons that we teach our audience, our community, our clients, are we teaching our family? Are we teaching our loved ones? And I think sometimes I do and then other times I don't. Like last night, I'm not gonna reveal the topic, but my teenager came to me with a topic And it's the first time I've ever done this, but I wrote a PDF for her. Like, I was like, she needs a little PDF. (laughs) And it was like, I, I treated her in a way that I would a client in that Mm -hmm. moment, because I knew that the tools I use with my clients could be helpful with her. And she's 13, so I could present it to her in that written way that, she could either choose to use or not choose to use. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking after I did that, like, you know, when she does step away from being parented by me, um, how many of the lessons that I teach will, will our family have absorbed?
0: You know? Yeah. So there, there's a couple different ways of looking at that. There's, you know, tools that you have given to your family, you know, like, yeah the PDF and all of the things that that allegorically represents um, and the modeling that you've done modeling as a parent. And like we are in the business of transformation, right? Like one of, one of the things that we do, we transform. But part of that is like, you have to, tr- your, your clients can never outpace your personal development. Right. And the same with our children, like, or actually I take that back. Children can totally outpace their parents, but it's a lot harder if you're surpassing your parents' personal development. Right. So, um, but yeah, like we, we've talked many times in other episodes about um, having a measure of transparency in our own lives as like a means of modeling for our kids. And I know that that happens for me, even like the way that I speak about my work. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when I was in a really difficult place because I had massively overextended myself with, with different projects and different businesses and, um, and everything was suffering. Cause I've, I've mentioned this in other episodes and then just like that slight shift in discussion with Aria about my work that, you know, not I have to go to work. Bye-bye. I have to go to work. Bye-bye every single right. day. And then all of a sudden it became like a source of grief for her, for me to leave the house every day. Cause I had right. to go to work. Um, and then it felt very like victimy. Like I have no choice, but to go to yeah. work and to change that, um, you know that that talking to her, to mommy gets to go and spend time with these other great women. Like I get to do this, yeah. I get to do that. Mommy gets to go to go to the office, um, and it definitely changed it because it it showed her that it was it was me stepping into my power because I was choosing to go, even though it w- didn't feel that great. You know, hopefully it modeled to her that. You know, you still get to make the choice, and it was the yeah. choice to start turning things around. But at the same time, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to like imply to her that I don't have power in my own life. You know? Yep. And that includes our work.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and they're all like my kids are thirteen, eleven, and four, so I have really different conversations with all. Yeah, of
0: them. definitely,
1: definitely. About, but I've definitely had conversations with the older two about like. I know that I can get carried away and obsessed with what I do and here's why, here's what it gives Mm -hmm. me and here's how much I love it. And there are things in your life that are going to, that I hope there are things in your life that are that meaningful to you that you, um, but yeah, and it just changes. And what you said about like David being your, um, your test client is Mm -hmm. that way For the kids, too, like, my kids have such different personalities, and what works for one does not work for the other. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really cool to, like, and when you're um, parenting kids and testing your theories or your models or practicing what other tools other people have given you, when you're doing it with kids, you have no choice but to simplify it. Yeah. And that's so powerful because it's really what we want to be doing with each other as adults. But with adults, we make it more complicated. And you, it's such good practice to simplify your lessons in order to teach them to your kids, because that's, that's where the magic happens anyway. Um, so there are such great practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Well, oh, is time. that our timer? Wow. This yeah. one went really fast. I've, I've thought of that many times about like, how exponentially
1: and I can't turn
0: it off sorry bigger you have to be to have multiple kids (laughs) Like I maybe that should be one of my future gratitudes like I'm a one and done parent I think (laughs) and that means I can just like work on being really really great at the one I've got (laughs) because I've thought about that many times like oh you know here the skills that I've had to learn to to mother her and, like, what if that didn't work for my second one? I'd have to, like, learn an entirely new set of skills, and that would scare the crowd. It's <laughs> like, no different. Power to the moms of many.
1: <laughs> it's no different than having two different style clients, though, like two clients who have. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that that, it's, that puts it's it no into different. a more manageable need, perspective. Yeah, you
1: use your intuition, and you use your skills, and you you feed off of their energy. It's yeah. It's really well, that's
0: a great point, too. Or so it's not like, just an output, with yeah, with and different friends,
1: right? You have different friendships who you have different relationships with because you just feed off of their energy and what's happening in the situation. And it's mm. the same with kids, it is. It's sometimes you want to just like you know, put one tool out or one food out and have all three kids eat it. <laughs> uh, or eat it but it doesn't work that way and it's no different than any other relationship. So we who have more children are not.
0: (laughs) You are not more superhuman than those of us who have only one. (laughs) It's just (laughs) All right, good. Okay. Well, that, that was time and that, that went really fast for me.
1: Really fast. I know. I, it's yeah.
0: I feel like there, I feel like we were just scratching the surface of this topic too. I feel like there's a lot of deep, there's a lot of deep little tendrils that come off of this convo, but we'll get to them someday. Uh, okay. So, well, let's wrap it up then with our with our asks of the episode.
1: Mm. Um, Let's see. I have an ask for the locals who are listeners, and I'm in Western Mass. I'm in Shelburne Falls. And I could use a new fun date night. So
0: if,
1: if any listeners want to chime in with their favorite um Local date night. I'm all over it.
0: Cool. That's awesome. All right. Uh, And mine is going to be kid friendly vegetarian recipe ideas Um, because Aria has decided that she does not want to eat animals Mm. anymore. So